0: sharp, pointed, and insightful. This is Spacey on the Right on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk.
1: The administration's push for a citizenship question is part and parcel of a clearly racist scheme of undercounting immigrants of color, including black immigrants, to deprive us of our community of resources and representation.
2: I'm done.
3: What about the special counsel?
2: I'm not going to relitigate
4: it. I don't know how clear I can be, Margaret. It's over for me. He didn't collude with the Russians, obstruction of justice in this situation is absurd. Uh, It's over.
5: People are happy that the economy is booming. People are happy that ISIS has been defeated in Syria. People are happy that the military is being rebuilt, that the judiciary is being remade, and that our country is booming like it hasn't in decades.
0: And now, Stacey Washington.
3: The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Welcome to the program, everybody. It's Monday. I am live and direct to you and so excited to be with you because last week was an utter blessing fest. If you're not up Snoopy dancing and praising, you know, praise dancing, arms, legs, whatever you got, I don't know what you're probably thinking. And you you might be at work, so it might not be appropriate at this moment, but praise dance with me in your mind. Because last week was an amazing, just like explosion of the goodness of God. We raised over $2.7 million, over 13,000 individual donors, partners with this ministry, and so many well wishes and people just saying, here's something for your tank. Keep it moving. Don't stop what you're doing. Partnering with us. They feel like we're putting a message out there that is relevant and important for our world it was such an encouraging, amazing, just it—it it was a, an outsized blessing, a bless fest, if you will, and then just an encouragement to my soul to have been a part of Sheraton last week. Founders Sheraton, so it was to celebrate. Brother Don Wildman and the vision that he had so many years ago and the way God just continues to use the Wildman family and by extension all of us to do this good work. And so if you're a partner with us, if you've ever partnered with us, if you contributed last week or if you have in the past or if you have big plans to do so in the future, God bless you. We love you. We thank you so much for what you were able to do. And I just think, you know what, that applause is so appropriate. I've just been so blessed by it. I came home, y'all, I was so, it took me a long time to get home. And when I finally got home, my husband and what kids are left, because you know Maya's in college, how dare she? Um, the, the two kids that are left, everyone, they, they missed me, y'all. They totally missed me. They said the house was too quiet without me. And yes, I'm the motor mouth around the house and also the loud laugher and also spontaneous dancer. Not It may not be good, but I'm still doing it. Um, so they missed all of that craziness last week. And so that made me feel pretty good, too. And they were happy to have me home to cook stuff, which I did a minimal amount of this weekend. But I'm back in the saddle this week. Um, and so it was just it was fantastic to be able to do that. So before I get too far off into talking about what all is going on over here, um, we are actually going to be talking about radio ads in Central America promoting illegal immigration. We're going to have Dr. Carol Swain on this hour to talk about her candidacy for Nashville's mayor and current events. And we're also going to go into this 98,000 illegal aliens every year graduating from high school, American high schools, 98,000 a year. And 20 some odd thousand of them, 26,000 a year graduating from high schools in California. So I got to tell you something. Um, I, I don't like these topics. Like, I wish we could have one of the days where I'd come on the air and after, you know, getting through the niceties, I'd say because of our newly sealed southern border, we are now seeing, you know, America come back to normalcy and we're seeing some of these wrongs righted. And that can happen. And God is good and he is gracious and he operates through us. But I just encourage you to continue Uh, to pray for the president and his administration and those who are elected and placed in authority over different areas of our government. um, Continue to pray for them over your meals. and, And that's a reminder for all of us, me included, that we would lift them up in prayer and do that part of our due diligence. And then the rest of what we have to do, obviously, is that we have to vote. We have to write letters and we have to hold people accountable. And those who will not be held accountable by us must be removed from office And that's easy enough. You just bide your time. You keep a list. And when it's time to vote the next time, I don't care what kind of mailers they send out. I don't care what kind of fancy, beautiful things they promise. You just remember their behavior from the last time and you hold them accountable. And that's important for us to do. I think about the times in my life when I've been held accountable for my actions and it's always unpleasant. You never enjoy it. But in the end, if you listen to the criticism or the critique or, or you know whatever it is, if you listen to it and take it to heart, later you can look back and say, "Wow, I'm better at this. I'm I'm doing this better." Or this is a change I've made, or I've given that up. It only happens when someone has to be that Nathan to to the to the David, you know, and come out and say, "Look, you you're not doing that right. I got to call you on the carpet." And then when appropriately rebuked. We turn away from that, ask God to help us, give us the courage and the ability to turn away and to to make right, and then go for it. Uh, so I started off the show with um, you know, Psalm 23, and I just love that Psalm. I get so excited when I hear God telling me that he's gonna prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. Um, and I, I hate having enemies, but there they are. And I love knowing that God says, he, when he blesses you, people are going to see it. And there may be some who feel you don't deserve it. Just leave that where it is. Don't pay attention to that. Keep your eyes focused on what God has for you to do and do it to the best of your ability. And those that are naysayers, those that don't like you, those that can't stand to see you coming, they can't stand the sound of your voice, they can't stand to hear you eat or chew, those ones will have their own thing that they have to work on because you got to stay busy with what you've been given to do. And so that's the encouragement for today. If you're doing it, keep doing it. If you're trying to be doing it and trying to get to it, keep trying. You'll get there. And if you're already kind of at the tip of the spear, look back and see who you can help along to come with you um, and bless in the same way that you've been blessed and leave the rest to just leave it behind you. Shake the dust off your feet. You're, you, got, you got this. You got it going on. Do it to the best of your ability as if you're working for the Lord. So now I want to turn to this story that, I thought was really appropriate because in this clip that we're gonna play here in just a second, it's about this carjacker who's armed and he goes after this guy. And really it's this it's like a it's a scary, it's a scary story because you can imagine yourself in the same situation because most of us are driving cars, right, every day. Um, but this guy fought back. What I want you to pay attention to are the eyewitnesses on the street who the the news person kind of interviews them. And when you hear what they have to say, just kind of put that in the back of your mind for a second, because we're going to come back around and, and circle back around to this. And we are going to touch on the NRA convention. I wasn't able to make it because I was in Tupelo um, phone banking and doing share and just enjoying the spirit of American Family Association <laughs> and all of the Wildman grandchildren I got to see. I didn't see them all, but I saw a bunch of them. And they're all each one cuter than the one before. Oh, just just I, I got I'm getting off topic. So. Here's this audio of this story about this carjacker. It's the South Loop of Chicago, Chicago, Illinois. Um, And the story has a happy ending. Check it out. It's number three.
5: Well, the investigation continues this afternoon. Detectives spent most of the morning interviewing that victim and say at this point, it appears as such that the shooting was in self-defense some who live and work in Chicago's South Loop remain on edge after an attempted carjacking turns deadly for a gun-wielding suspect when a Chicago man with a concealed carry permit turned the tables on his would-be attacker. I think it is good that he did self-defense because there is a lot of crime over here,
4: so we do have to do something to protect ourselves.
5: The shooting happened early this morning around 315 on Ida B. Wells Drive near Clark Street. That's when a man in a dark-colored Volkswagen SUV rear-ended, the 41-year-old driver of a Navy BMW. Police say the violence erupted shortly after the driver of the luxury car got out to inspect the damage and walked back to his car to get his cell phone. He tells detectives the Volkswagen driver, armed with a gun, walked up to him, demanded his car keys, and pushed him into his car. Both men were inside the car when investigators say the 41 year old BMW driver was able to grab his own gun and shoot the 22 year old attacker in the head. I think um, concealed carry is a good thing. I think criminals should think twice before they attempt to do something
1: to somebody.
5: Police say the 41-year-old victim has no criminal history and a valid FOID card as they continue to canvass the area for surveillance video while ruling out any prior contact or connection between the two men. Now, the state's attorney's office will determine if any charges will be filed, but at this point, they say it appears as so though the shooting was justified.
3: Okay, so first of all, you've got this carjacker, and he's like... Instead of just taking the car, he pushes the guy back in the car. So you kind of wonder, was this about to turn into a kidnapping scenario? Like, what was he thinking? And then the guy, when when faced with, you know, now it's his life. First it's his vehicle. Now it's his, literally, he's fighting for his life. He he fights back and he shoots. And, you know, the demise of the carjacker, it's, it's you know, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. The end. But... The people who were interviewed, they're like, well, we got to do something because this area has become very dangerous. And so I know they're working there. They're living there. It's hard to just up sticks and move and relocate. A lot of Illinoisans are doing it. I think they're number one for population loss. They're even beating out in New York. But the other big deal about the story is that you have someone defending themselves. And if you think about what you have to go through to get the authorization to carry a gun concealed in Chicago. This man had to work for months and months and months and spend an outsized amount of money and go to an extra long training course in order to get the right to defend himself. And so that brings us around to the NRA. Now I know there was some interesting press this weekend about the NRA and I'm commenting about it because, well, first of all, I'm, you know, I'm a huge proponent of the NRA. I'm a member and I I love the work that they do. And I know a lot of people who work there, and they're dear friends to me. And I know that this is a very difficult time for them because apparently there's now a lawsuit between the NRA and Ackerman McQueen. So full disclosure, I have been a, a, a contractor for Ackerman McQueen, and I've worked for them and been paid. So you know, the, for, for my work. So that that is the disclosure I'm giving to you, so that you don't think that I'm saying what I'm saying because hey, I used to be paid by Ackerman McQueen, whatever. Um, this is my opinion. I really feel like whatever is going on between them, the demise of Oliver North as the president, it's an, it's a really unfortunate thing that it went down like that, that they have had this very public airing of the grievances and that they couldn't get it done privately. That being said, I believe the NRA will stand after all of the smoke settles and everything clears that the NRA will remain One of the things that I'd like to see them do and and part of the reason why I want to have this conversation on the air right now is that the NRA apparently is incorporated in New York, the state of New York. And so they're being investigated by the attorney general of New York, I believe. And it's a punitive type of investigation and prosecution because she is a gun control nut and she wants to take this opportunity to delve into their finances and find ways to embarrass them and to try to shut them down. So... There are millions of us who are members of the National Rifle Association, M- millions of us who we're not board members, we're not in the hierarchy, millions of people who simply own firearms and believe that the Second Amendment is a valuable tool, that it protects the first. And so, what I want to encourage people to do is, you know, especially for those who are NRA members in the audience, is to consider if one of the most important things that they could undertake is to change. The state in which they are incorporated to move their incorporation to another state that is more friendly, not just to the Second Amendment, but to just freedom and liberty for for businesses and nonprofits to operate as they will. And if you feel that's a good idea, the next time board members are up for election to select as one of your choices on your ballot, which you receive, I think you received the ballot in February um, in your NRA periodical that you've selected to consider voting for someone who that is one of their aims, because you have to put someone on the board or have people on the board who want to move the incorporation of the NRA away from New York City to stop the malicious prosecution and to further the aims of the organization. Because in the end, if you're a member of the NRA, you're a member because you want to see them continue to do what they do, which sometimes it's lawsuits, sometimes it's Um, you know, organizing at the local level to stop punitive laws and laws that infringe on the second, whatever the case might be, they do a good job of it. And they can't do that if there's infighting and if they're being sued by the attorney general. I believe the rest of the items that are currently so fun for people to read and so salacious that that will all be resolved. And they will continue on because it's about the membership. It's about you and me and the Second Amendment. All right. When we get back, we're going to have Dr. Carol Swain. Stay there. 80%
0: 80% of the time, an abortion-minded mother who views an ultrasound or sonogram of her baby will choose life. Here's the story of Candace.
6: The sonogram sealed the deal for me. My baby was like this tiny little spectrum of hope. And I saw his heart beating on the screen. And knowing that there's life growing inside, I mean, that sonogram changed my life. I went from just Candace to mom. Thank you to everybody that has given these gifts. You guys are giving more than money. You guys are giving love.
0: There are currently pre-born centers which do not have an ultrasound machine. Would you sponsor a machine today? dial pound 250 and say keyword baby. That's pound 250 and say baby. Or go to preborn.com. That's preborn.com. Your love could save a life.
7: Hi, I'm Croft Loritz with the Legacy Moment. During the past 30 years or so, I've had the privilege of ministering to a number of professional athletes. What God is doing throughout the ranks of professional sports is thrilling. Not too many years ago, it wasn't very popular to be both a Christian and a pro athlete. Some of them were persecuted because of their open commitment to Christ. Today I'm encouraged that many of the players and coaches are more open about their commitment to Christ and they're willing even to lay their careers on the line for the sake of the gospel. God calls all of his people to go against the flow. In Numbers chapter 14, Caleb, one of the two good spies, exhibits that kind of swim upstream courage. Caleb remembered the legacy of God's faithfulness, his supernatural intervention on behalf of the children of Israel, and he came back and said, just as God did it before, he can pull it off again. Listen to what God says about Caleb in Numbers chapter 14, verse 24 and 25. But my servant Caleb, because he has had a different spirit and followed me fully, I will bring into the land in which he entered, and his descendants shall take possession of it. What would God say about you? Do you dare to be different? We need to possess a different aura, a different spirit about us because we follow the king. Are you pursuing complete obedience God said of Caleb that he followed him fully. And last, do you expect God's blessing? God will bless you for your endurance, for your wholehearted, sold out perspective on what it really means to be a follower of Christ. Here's what I want you to remember today. God has called you to himself and he wants to demonstrate to a watching world what a Christ-like life looks like. That will mean going against the flow. Join Crawford-Loritz tomorrow for another
0: Legacy Moment. You can download episodes of Stacey of the Right from the podcast page on AFR.net or UrbanFamilyTalk.com. Now, back to the show on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk.
3: Hey there, welcome back to the show. I am so excited to be with you. You know, so... A lot of times on the weekend, it's like, um, have I gotten enough rest? And I think I got a whole lot of rest. I, I didn't have trouble last week. It's odd. I didn't have trouble sleeping last week. You know how sometimes when you go to the hotel, you have a whole lot of trouble sleeping? I didn't have trouble. Um, it, it wasn't like, you know, sometimes the pillow is horrible or there's something weird or you can hear things in the room. There it was none of that. Um, but then when I got home, I w- it was as if I had some kind of like extra sleeping thing going on where... I've been super tired so I've caught up on all of that and now um, I'm kind of like energized up like I got a whole bunch of stuff that I need to do and I'm trying to squeeze it all in and it's ridiculous because this is this is usually when I meet up with trouble this is usually when I hit the brick wall when I try to schedule I'm like oh I can do this oh yeah I can do that let's do this let's do that and so I'm trying to remember that I'm supposed to say no I'm supposed to say no and turn down some things to ensure that commitments that I've already made I can keep and so I'm sharing that with you because uh, out there in listener land there may be someone else who is flying by the seat of their pants and feeling pretty energetic and you might need to say no to just like me you might need to say no to one or two or six things you might need to so you know God bless with that Um, as the school year is rounding down this is pretty interesting I'm, I'm finding that the college school year winding down is pretty interesting because our daughter is going to be coming home from college soon. And she's got a lot of things planned. You know, she's she's a young adult now, so she doesn't have to kind of go, Mom, should I? Or Mom, do you want me to? Or Mom, can I? It's more like, oh, well, I'll be doing this or I'll be doing that. So it's interesting because I've been warned by some other moms who have college students who are ahead of Maya that there are going to be times where I'm cooking and she comes home and says, oh, I just ate, you know, some egg bites at Starbucks. And so the cooking will have been for naught. Which is not a big deal for me because I excel at putting leftovers away and then remaking them into another meal. So I actually don't think it's going to be that big of a deal. But people have been warning, warning me about what's going on, like what, what will happen when she gets back home. I'm just so glad that she's going to be back. And I've been texting her. Who else among you is doing this? I know there's. I'm not the only one. Whenever I see a picture of a baby, so an actual baby that's alive, usually this is on Instagram. A picture of a baby that I think looks like Maya looked when she was a baby. Then I text her the picture that that picture of this strange unknown baby. I said texted her. And then she usually objects and says, I didn't look like that and you know, whatever way that she feels she didn't look like it. And then we have a little argument in the text where I'm arguing with her about how she did look like that. I'm her mom. I remember it better than she does. She was just a baby. Just take it from me, you did. You look like that once and then, and so we go back and forth with that and we go back and forth with it some more and then we go back and forth some more. So, yeah, that's part of what's going on in my life. You're thinking, girl, I yes, exactly what, what you're thinking right now. That that is exactly it. Um, so in case you haven't guessed, we're having a little difficulty getting Dr. Swain right now and I'm not sure what's going on. But what I want to do is um, I'm going to move on um, and hopefully we can still get her. Um, hopefully. But there is this report, and I was just talking about this. Um, I I, think, I don't remember what day I mentioned it about the fact that we incarcerate so many people in this country, and then of course, as soon as I say that, it turns out that U.S. incarceration has fallen to a twenty-year low. Now, this is good news. I'm I'm not. I I think this is fantastic. They have an analysis that's been done um, that shows that. The share of adult population in prison has fallen to its lowest point since 1997. And this is the Bureau of Justice Statistics. They have an ongoing prisoner series, which has provided the public with detailed statistics on state and federal offenders for decades. And uh, also of note, states are locking up fewer black offenders and more violent offenders. So this goes against the idea that the prison system is only It's stacked against blacks and there's no fair shake. I'm not saying that there aren't cases of injustice of obviously there are, but this is actually a positive bit of news for us. And I think we should take that and pray for more, pray for more of this kind of good news. Um, So. Thursday's report actually provides information on the state of the nation's prison system in 2017. There's data on both the federal system, which accounted in that year for about 12 percent of all incarcerated people, and the prisons that are located in all all 50 of the United States. The U.S. prison system has actually been the subject of major dispute in recent years. And you've got left-wing politicians and Emmy award-winning documentaries saying that the prison system on the whole is racist. It's overstuffed with low-level nonviolent drug offenders. And that the archetypal inmate in the minds of many reform advocates is, in the recent words of AOC, a nonviolent person stopped with a dime bag. Now, if you're someone who's heard that a ton and you kind of, you know how that stuff is, it gets in you. If you hear it over and over and over again, it gets in you and and you may not fully believe it, but it's something that you know you've heard. And part of you is like, we, we know that's a statistic. We've heard that a lot. But it turns out. And we do lead the world in per capita incarceration, Um, you know, unless you include political and religious prisoners, which then since we don't do that, that pushes us down in in the rankings. I just want to make sure we we don't forget that China incarcerates the Muslim minority members. They have like 100,000 of them in prison. So let's let's not mix apples and oranges, but U.S. incarceration of offenders people who've been convicted of a crime that's totally different than incarcerating people because they have a religion you don't like so beginning in 1970s the u.s incarceration rate actually rose steadily for three decades this was also uh, a part of the response to the steadily rising crime rates of that same period which actually crested in the early 1990s and have fallen more or less continuously since then The effect that incarceration had in driving this decline is actually a subject of much academic dispute. So we won't have that argument here today. Now, the incarceration rate actually peaked in 2007 at about 670 inmates per 100,000 American adults. But as of most recent data, it has fallen 15 percent to 568 inmates per 100,000. The report also reveals further good news for advocates of prison reform, Much of the decline in incarceration has been among the black and, to a lesser extent, Hispanic prison populations. Exposure to the criminal justice system can have serious negative effects on a person's life course, but it's a major determinant of black men's chances of achieving middle class stability. And this goes back to something that I've talked about as a Project 21 member, as a radio commentator. I've written about it. it. There is no replacement for the father in the home. And there's no replacement for a deeply religious, spiritually motivated home life. You if you take the dads out, you're knocking kids off at the knees. But if you take faith out of the equation, you're basically leaving someone out naked and afraid in the cold to face a, an evil and depraved world. Now that doesn't that's not in this report. That's the gospel according to what we know out of the Bible and what statistics tell us about families from the beginning of statistics. Religious people are healthier, happier, live longer, have better career prospects, um, retain more wealth. And I don't mean that they're rich. I mean they retain more wealth, meaning they they own a home or they own their cars or they have good savings. They're more philanthropic. The, the there is no comparison for uh, a a religious lifestyle that means you're you have a faith walk that you attend to by regular church attendance and volunteerism and and uh, you know tithing you, you can't replace that so there's a gap between the number of black and white inmates but in absolute terms that number has been shrinking shrinking and the phenomenon is an artifact of racial disparities and arrest rates and blah 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 you know but in per capita terms the black incarceration rate has fallen by nearly 32% since 2007 and that is a huge drop now the white race white rate by contrast has fallen about 19 percent which is a decline of 54 prisoners per 100,000 white adults so let's talk a little bit about what kind of criminals exactly are being imprisoned now if you take Ocasio-Cortez's dime bag image it's like you know someone who's doing something recreationally and now they're in federal prison for the rest of their life that's not what's happening not at all um it's actually a longstanding finding that most people in the United States are incarcerated for serious, violent offenses. Drug offenses make up about 45% of incarcerees in the federal prison system. Um, but they're dis- these people are being detained for drug trafficking. At the state level, the majority of offenders are convicted of violent crimes. The number of drug offenders in state prisons fell between 2007 and 2017, while the number of violent offenders actually rose slightly. So there's more data here. I'll post the link on Facebook. But suffice it to say, it's good news. And we hope for more of that, but it has to start in the homes. And and I love looking at it from the same perspective that we see in the Bible, which is, you know, obviously we're we're the body of Christ and we're to participate in helping our community, helping you know and at our church, helping wherever the widows, the the poor, the infirm. We're supposed to we're supposed to do that and we must do that. But the best thing we can do is make sure that our home life is reflecting what God's word says we're to do. Obedience in that area yields blessing. Obedience in every area yields blessing, but in this particular area, the blessing in my opinion, it's magnified because it's the only other place we see the replication of the Godhead. Three persons in one. You have three people in the marriage. <laughs> it's the husband and the wife and God. And when you do it that way, instead of saying, well, I'm going to be like Murphy Brown or whoever the latest single mom is, I'm going to go get artificially inseminated because I'm a professional and I just can't find a man. That's not what God said you should do. That, that is not what God has for you. It's the husband and the wife and then the kids come along. And when you do it that way and you keep God in that relationship, so it's the three, then the blessings stack up and overflow. And it's every area of your life that you see those benefits coming in. And I know for someone or any family that finds themselves where, you know, you have had divorce or what have you and you're hearing this and you're like well you're just judging I'm not I'm talking about anyone out there who has not yet made the decision to start a family um, do it God's way and then for those of us who are already out here God's grace extends and his mercy endures forever and whatever situation we find ourselves in we can repent and ask him okay from here on out Lord what do you want me to do bless me bless the situation and he will he will do it This isn't about me saying I think he'll do it or perhaps he might do it. His word says he will do it. He doesn't lie. He doesn't sleep. He doesn't faint. He doesn't falter. He doesn't get wishy-washy like we do. I like you today. Next time I see you, I don't like you. He's not like that. He doesn't even have the ability to be like that. He's God. He's holy. His word is true. It exists forever. It is accurate forever. So, oh, hey, we got a caller. Let's go to the phone's. Lawrence in Tennessee, thanks for calling the show today.
4: Hey, Stays, how are you doing today? Good. How are you? I'm blessed of the Lord. Blessed of the Lord. I want to commend, first of all, the report that you had earlier about the fund uh, raising of funds. To <laughs> it
1: was
3: good, first. wasn't it?
4: Yeah, I got, I got testimony on something dealing with that. I'm a pastor of a church in Memphis, and uh, we had a six thousand dollars debt. And the Lord just told me to, to pray about it, and two months, the six thousand dollar debt was paid off.
1: And wow! I with
4: God. ten yes. members, I only had ten members, and it was paid off in two months. So just letting me know right there that if God got a plan, they're gonna magnify.
0: It's mm-hmm.
4: um, gonna come forth. And also on the prison, I've been doing prison men for thirty-two years. And I, when I hear reports like you just gave, they let me know that the word of God is going in prison and setting prisoners free,
1: mm-hmm.
4: and was, you know, from the bands that had them found. Because I've seen Amen. a lot of young men and young women come out whose lives had really been changed for the best, and I've seen them become better fathers and they became better, better helpers in their community. So when I hear a report like this, it just only make me see how gracious and great our God is. Mm,
8: so he to sure hear those is. kind of
4: reports, So here's... We have so much sad news, and we're
3: not
8: hearing the good news. Mm. It's
4: good to hear the good news. It in is. News
3: what God is doing. Amen. And I feel like that is going on today in droves. Just, again, from last week, share record numbers of people giving to AFR, and then what you've shared, Lawrence, about your experience, um, you know, that that is a major outpouring of the Spirit when... You, when when the Holy Spirit says pray and then you're like, okay, <laughs> I will and you pray and then you get the blessing back when when you have answered prayer like that. Oh, it's so exciting. Um, I, I'm so glad you called to share that. Thank you thank you for sharing that. I feel even more encouraged than a minute ago. Um, and I also want to say if you're if you're out there and you have something else encouraging to share, go ahead and call in. let us know about your encouraging um, wonderful things that you have to share because I love those. And you can, oh, we have one more call. So we have just like a minute left. Jacob from Alabama. Hey, Jacob, thanks for calling the show today. How you feel, sis? I, I feel pretty good. Last week was amazing. And now we have even more good news this week.
4: Good, good. That, that'll give you a little more energy because you sound like you was a little bit, you know, uh, just kind of stressed out a little
3: bit. Oh, well, no, no. I, I am guesting. In in the radio studio, of friends, today because I have no internet. So if you hear any stress, it's because of that. But um, I'm still feeling pretty high from last week. It's so exciting when God moves like that. It was just fantastic.
4: Oh yeah, um, Ocasio Cortez. You see, um, she's 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 way too young to be doing what she's doing as far as wisdom is concerned. Because she's looking well. If you get caught with a dime bag, they don't. She don't even to the point where she understands. It's about obedience. When the law says you shouldn't do something, and you continually get caught with it, it's not. Mm-hmm. You keep pushing the envelope and keep doing the same thing, and wonder why you're in jail.
1: Mm-hmm. She
4: don't even understand that. That's why we have to really pray for our leaders and keep your sense of humor about them because <laughs> she's not even
3: close. No, she isn't. And and you know, God, God love her. But she's gonna need. She's she needs somebody to finish raising her that's that's what that is she's not fully raised but she lived in my house she would constantly be getting her phone taken away and getting her car taken away i know she's 30 but she was she would be feeling the pain (laughs) all right thanks for calling we'll be back with more stacy on the right 866-963-2037 be right back
6: What or who motivates you to live and do life? Whether it's the motivation of your business or being healthy and fit, many times the why behind many individuals determination is because of their children or grandchildren or even a spouse. Their primary why is because of a fallible being instead of Jesus. I know you're probably saying victory. I'm sure Jesus is a reason too, but Jesus should be the only reason for our why's in life. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 10, starting at verse 37, if you love your father, mother, son, or daughter more than him, then you are not worthy of being his. But if we give up our life for him, we will find life in him. It is only because of him we can do the things he has enabled us to do. Have your why be because of the sacrifice Jesus made on the cross for you. With a heart for the urban family, I'm today's urban woman, Victory Hollyfield. Connect with us more at urbanfamilytalk.com.
0: Pastor D.
7: The Back to God movement always reminds people that we got to know who we are and whose we are, and we are children of the Most High God, God. made in His image and likeness. That's what Genesis 1.26 says, made in His image and likeness. So that means if Yeshua can walk on water, guess what?
0: We can too. Each weekday at 4 o'clock Central on Urban Family Talk, and let's get
1: to God.
0: Abraham Hamilton III.
1: Don't you realize when you see some of the inner workings of the cell with each component having its role to play, when you have soldiers and you have operators, you have little machines that are working, if the Lord would do that with something as micro and as undetectable by the natural eye as the cell, how much more will he provide for you?
0: The Marriage, Family, and Life Conference is coming June 20th through 22nd. Learn more and register at urbanfamilytalk.com.
8: I'm Chad Pergram with the Speaker's Lobby. House Democrats face a big conundrum when it comes to the Mueller report. Some liberals believe the report opens the door for Democrats to move against President Trump with impeachment. More moderate Democrats aren't so sure. If anything, the Mueller report not only revealed some of Mr. Trump's deceitful behavior, but more significantly exposed chasms between House Democrats over how to proceed in the post-Mueller probe world. This is why House Speaker Nancy Pelosi reiterated to her caucus that House Democrats will quote conduct oversight over other branches of government. Not exactly a full endorsement of impeachment. That said, there is a risk that the public could interpret repeated inquests into various aspects of the Mueller report as harassment. Quote, if it is in fact what we need to do to honor our responsibility to the Constitution, if that's the place the facts take us, that's the place we will have to go. And now the Trump administration may unwittingly help House Democrats. The administration is refusing to submit documents to Congress to allow witnesses to testify. This permits Democrats to focus on the administration's stonewalling and talk about anything short of impeachment with the speakers lobby. Chad program, Fox News.
0: This is Stacy on the Right with Stacy Washington on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk.
3: Hey, welcome back to the program. I'm Stacy Washington. You can find out more at stacyontheright.com. You can also hit the subscribe button at onenewsnow.com and join the millions of people uh, a year who visit onenewsnow.com. And you can join the What should I say? Maybe tens of thousands who visit my blog. (laughs) Anyway, welcome back to the program. Um, The call lines are open at 866-963-2037. Let's go to the phones. I believe we have Sierra. Thank you for calling the show. Hi, Stacey. How's it going? Pretty good. I'm like, what happened last week? That was so (laughs) awesome.
4: I just wanted to say that As a fellow brown woman myself, I appreciate what you're doing.
3: It's hard in the community to find my voice and to be the person that I feel is right. And you have really like the whole station has really helped me like be proud of myself in the way that I feel in my heart and what I know is right and what God knows is right. And I just want to say thank you so much. Ah, Amen to that. So, you know, that was one of the things for us because we we'd been voting with the Republicans and really kind of matching up policies with what we felt like God's word said for a while. But when it became public knowledge that I was, you know, not a Democrat, because everyone just assumed I was being permanently tanned. <laughs> um, I, I was I was kind of flabbergasted at the reactions I got. Like people didn't trust me anymore. I was like, what do you mean? Like, what's wrong with me? And then I, I kind of felt like just snuffing it out, like just stop talking about it. But then I I had someone that I didn't know she was a conservative and she happened to be black. And she told me she was like, you are you know, no matter what you do, you're going to have people who dislike what you say um, unless you just keep quiet. So if you feel like you can keep quiet for the rest of your life, then you can probably just, you know, kind of retract and, and never have anybody disagree with you. And she said, but I kind of think you'll have trouble keeping your mouth shut. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's true. So what are you saying? She was like, be yourself. Own it. Don't don't.
4: Appreciate you. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Get out there and go big, right? So I was like, okay, if you say go big, I really believe that God sends people to us. Like when when you're praying and you're like, Lord, I need an answer, and then the answer's right in front of you and you can't see it. So He'll send someone to tell you. He'll send someone to say exactly what you need to hear. And when she said, just make sure that you're sticking with what you know God says, and you'll be fine. And I was like, okay. I mean, I'll take that and she's been right all all that whole time. I've I've made errors obviously and I'm I've not always been right, but I know that God has his hand in the mix and I'm I'm able to discern that and I think it's the same for all of us wherever we're placed. So, you know, wherever you are in your world, there are other people who are encouraged by you and that that is the way this thing works as the body. So, I think that's fantastic. All right. I love talking to our listeners and especially after last week and I know I love talking to you guys all the time but last week was just so great I hope we're going to be dining off of that for a while because we need positive information and I know on this show I give a lot of news and information and a lot of it is not like it's not the encouraging kind in the aspect of that it's it's hard news but we can be encouraged knowing that God is in control and he owns it all and in the end we win if you don't believe me go read Revelation. In fact, don't read it. Get the CD. There's a bunch of people out there who've read Revelation and they have it on CDs that you can pop into your car. Um, or nowadays you could probably download it on iTunes and then listen to it. It's so inspiring. I know people find Revelation to be frightening, but I think it's inspiring and wonderful to listen to it. It it just builds you up when you listen to it. Um, let's hear from Lisa. Yeah. Lisa in Illinois. Thank you so much for calling.
4: I want to thank you for being meticulous. Oh, thanks. You know, like some people call here and they, I would, I would like throw the phone at the wall. <laughs> of course, well, I'm a widow. My husband died young, so he left me a bunch of money, though. It's a good thing because I spent a lot. Oh, well, that's fantastic.
3: <laughs> um, well,
4: he was the sweetest man that ever lived. I mean, I couldn't
6: have gotten
3: any luckier. Aw. well, uh, that's wonderful, and and I think one of the things that we can always do is, you know, we can be grateful for for what we've been given. Sometimes it's not enough in our minds, but we can be grateful for whatever we had. And it sounds like you have that in spades. Thanks for calling, Lisa. I appreciate you. Um, I I gotta say, because um, I want to make sure and get to this, we have a little bit of audio that I want to get to before we. Um, before we get out of this hour and so I'm going to I'm going to turn to that right now we have um, well we'll do one more call Marianne from Pennsylvania Marianne thank you for calling the show today Mm, I'm so sorry that we have a bad connection there and I couldn't hear you Okay, and we lost you. So that was not our fault. We lost you. Um, It might be bad cell phone connection. Um, So I'm going to play this audio while we're kind of in this moment. Um, It's a leftist organizer who says asking about citizenship is clearly a racist scheme. Uh, Listen to this. I want I want to kind of get you prepared for how the left is gearing up to enter 2020. They're not able to run on policies. They're not able to talk about, um, you know, successes the way the president can point to the economy or what have you. So they're going to have to go back to the race card. And even though it's tattered and tired and worn out, they're still going there. It's number four.
1: The administration's racist and xenophobic backdoor addition of a citizenship question threatens to increase the numbers of undercounted communities resulting in disproportionate harm to black immigrants and African-Americans. There are approximately 4.2 million black immigrants and roughly 10% of black people living in the United States are foreign born. Since 2000 alone, the number of black immigrants living in the United States has risen 71%. Black immigrants should respond to the census, have a right to respond to the census, and help our community get our fair share of the more than $675 billion a year in federal funds spent on schools, roads, public works, and other vital programs.
3: Okay, so what I wanted you to hear was those statistics, and you know where I'm going with this. If you've been listening to this show for more than 10 minutes, you know what I'm about to say. 10% 10% of all the black people living in this country are foreign-born? What is going on with our immigration system? Okay, so there's nothing wrong with people who are... She's talking about lawful immigrants, by the way. These people are here lawfully because we don't actually have a, share a contiguous border with any African states or states where black people live. So, you know, there's no illegal immigration problem with blacks in this country. So that's a, that's a plus. Um, and she sounds like, well, first of all, why is she so all head up about like these statistics she's in america she gets to live here with us regular black folk who this is our country okay and she's come here recently she's born in some other country and instead of her being here and enjoying our company and taking advantage of all the opportunities she's organizing and trying to advocate for illegal immigrants i guess it just wasn't hard for her to get here whatever the case may be i found those statistics to be staggering in a very short period of time 10% of the population of black America has come to this country from other parts of the world. And, you know, hey, you know me, I'm not going to hold back. Some of those parts of the world are Islamic. And so these black folks are running around here and they may look like regular black folks, but they practice Islam. And that means they're not down for the cause with us regular blacks who are the most churched ethnic group in America. Still, maybe a lot less since Barack Obama, but still the most churched ethnic group. So we've got this, this, this ingrate standing up yelling and hollering about getting her fair share. She looked like she had already had more than her fair share, to be honest. And now she's sitting up talking about how she didn't make sure that even illegals get to do the census so illegals could get their fair share of the apportionment of roads and education, et cetera, et cetera. How about if you contribute something? Woman from another country who is now an American. How about if you stop talking about how black you are and start talking about how American you are and how you can help this country, how you can set some wrongs right, how you can make a mark on this nation and leave a legacy as an immigrant of someone who is grateful to be here, who maybe starts a business or meets a need in the community and can say decades from now, you know, we came here from another land, but now we're Americans and we contribute. And this is our country, too. That should be the attitude, not all this dramatic, you know, malarkey, the way she was talking, like yelling into the microphone. What was that all about? Why is she so mad? You know, like I imagine if I bumped into her at the store and we start cracking jokes, I, we would never get to the, the place where she's like she wasn't born here or maybe her parents weren't born here. Like, would that be the primary focus of our conversation, trying to contrast her experience with that of native born Americans? She just needs to be really glad she came here lawfully because the census question is not about disenfranchising people. It's about enfranchising Americans who are citizens who pay taxes. If you live here illegally and you are getting congressional representation because your body is here and it's warm, that is not the Constitution. That's not the way it was meant to work. We are meant to have representation based upon lawful citizens, not just hot, warm bodies. Sorry. Not sorry. I'm not actually sorry about her. So we have a couple minutes left here. I want to get to um, to so also having to do with immigration. You've got these radio ads running in Central America that encourage illegal immigration. And this is per Border Patrol. So just just tune into this. It's number six.
2: You listen to your radio on your way to work, on your way to the grocery store. And um, that country's advertising. Uh, If you want the American dream, we'll help you out. And uh, we'll help you. We'll we'll teach you how to get it in the United States. So here's there's Mexico on the south side, Mexican Highway. They just run across the river, and they look for an agent.
1: I mean, the river's dry right now, so it's easy to get through. Correct. Mexico is right over there.
2: Yes, ma'am. And then, of course, they run up.
1: Who is
5: this running right here?
2: This is a family group that, that that's just crossed.
5: A family group is just crossing while we're right here, right yeah, now?
2: Yes. Who's that boy? No? Okay. Uh, just west of the Chihuahua entrance.
5: Where were you going to go? What was your plan? Where, where are you going to go? I'm going to to
8: Oklahoma
1: City. Did somebody tell you in Honduras that you would be able to stay and get to Oklahoma if you crossed?
2: Alguien le dijo Honduras que podía cruzar por aquí y autónomo? Sí. Sí? ¿Quién le dijo?
7: Mucha
1: gente.
2: A lot of people told me. We have another group that's coming up over here. Basically walk till they find an agent and they turn themselves in.
1: So they want to see you right now. Definitely. They want to get apprehended. Like I said. They want to get processed. They want to
2: get processed, giving the papers. Then they go north and they have legal papers to be wherever they're going to be at.
3: And that... Is a huge problem. So I, I would love to have old girl from the first clip there, uh, the leftist organizer, talking about this clearly racist scheme. Um, I'd love to have her be there on the border with Maria Bartiromo, who you heard her there talking to the border patrol. And have her there and, and have her just say, so you okay with this lady coming in and taking some of the slots at the local school district with this kid here she's bringing with her? that The slot that should be yours? And, you know, knowing these people, because they're such nincompoops, she'd probably say, yeah, because she's brown and we need more brown people in America because that—that that's the simpleton type thinking that we're dealing with here. But the fact is, we don't want people coming here lured by radio ads to go into the country illegally and then they just disappear and they're here for, you know, as long as they don't commit a crime. And many of them don't commit crimes. And that's why they're able to live here for 20 and 30 years at a time, just cranking out more anchor babies and using up the services. And I know People have this tendency to be so emotional about this. Pull back a second. Put your tissue away. Stop calling this something about emotions and just look at it for the cut and dried situation it is. It's the same as me coming to your house and robbing you blind and then staying over. Right? And you're like, I need you to leave. And I'm like, I'm a citizen of your household. I'm a Jones now too. Your last name's Jones. My last name's Jones. It's me, the three kids, my husband, and the dog who... You know, he is a handful. So you would be like, please just take the dog and go. You, The rest of you can stay. Take the dog. I'd be like, nope, we all stand, especially the dog. We need special dog food for him because he likes a special, different kind of mix. He's not into just regular kibble. You would be so overdone. If, if you think I'm extra on the radio, if you imagine that it's difficult to deal with me, and some people have emailed me and said I must be so difficult. Now- the truth is, I'm not. I'm not actually difficult. But if you think I am, imagine what it would be like if you came home one day and I was sitting in your living room and I wasn't going anywhere. And you know me. I'm always armed to the teeth. So you'd be like, get out. And I'd be like, make me. <laughs> and then I'd start mocking you and eating all of your food and your especially your ice cream, your desserts. I would eat them all. I would eat all the nuts that left in your house, cashews if you had any. And then I would start cooking everything in sight, and I'm a good cook. I would cook and cook and cook, and when there was no more room in the refrigerator, I would start freezing stuff. And you'd be like, what are you doing? Whatever I want. I live here now. This is my place. I'm a Jones, too. You would be so over me. You'd be like, I gotta get her out of here, but I'm scared. I'd be like, good. (laughs) I'm glad you're scared, because I'm that kind of crazy. I'm here to stay. That is what the illegal aliens are doing. They're like, "Um, we're here to stay. We want stuff, and we're staying. Can you imagine the crazy pants that would be going on at your house if it was me and my husband who... He's similarly minded, I gotta say. And then the kids, the kids, do you know the kids, you know how my kids are. They're they're not, they're not your average everyday little people. They're 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 clones. You don't want any of this. You don't want the five of us rolling up into your space and parking our cars in your garage and using up all your stuff and refusing to leave. That's what's going on. And if people don't like that analogy, I don't care. I'm not here to care. I'm here to tell you the truth and share it with you, Christian Worldview. And, um, yeah, that's what I'm here to do. So God bless if you like it. God bless if you don't. All right, if you're leaving us now, citizens, thank you. If you're sticking around, onenewsnow.com. News and information is up next. Keep it here.